Hey, what's going on? My name is Cleo Thomas. I came to Slick Living. I'm Patrick Cloud. And I'm the anomaly Will Farrow. We are the RK Tokens, and this is Coin Toss. And this podcast is brought to you by Gridiron Gaming, powered by PFRPA, and of course, produced by Thunder Studios. That's right, man. The Smash Poll podcast is back. We got an update for you guys. From week five, uh, the format was Squad Strike, which we saw in group A2 in the past. In this rule set, each player selects five characters before the set begins. So even though I'd want to choose Link, 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 and Link, I wouldn't be able to, unfortunately. So I wouldn't be able to play in this tournament. Boring. Boring. Can I, can I, can I just finish? Can I just finish, please? They can only use these five characters throughout the set, and they can only use each character once. That means they have to switch after every game, even if they won. Counter picks will function regularly, uh, with the loser of the previous game having the advantage of picking second. First seed, Esam advanced from losers. Big shout out to MVD. He let us know that him and Esam are the Goku and the Vegeta of the Smash community. It's great to see Esam uh, advancing into the next round. Yes, sir. That's right. And also Sharp advanced from the winner side. And then Supergirl Kells managed to upset Esam in the first round, taking down his Mii Brawler, uh, which I think is a hilarious character. Uh, she was using Link in game five to advance to the winner's finals. Uh, but in the winner's finals, Sharp moved on to play Supergirl Kells, where he uh, where he won uh, three to one. Uh, in the loser's bracket, Esam 3-0'd Prodigy to move on to the loser's finals, where he won the run back against Supergirl Kales 3-1. Uh, Supergirl Kales managed to take a game off of Esam's Samus using Link, but he won the uh, he won the match between their mains with me Brawler against her Kirby. Sorry to hear that, Will, but another Kirby has fallen. <laughs> Uh, another Kirby hasn't fallen. It's just going to make him stronger like the Super Saiyan. That's all I'm throwing out there, man. <laughs> but uh, next week, though, Group 7 will be competing in uh, Sakurai Says. I hope I said that right. I went to public school. Don't judge me. Uh, that rule set, the first and only time this rule set will be used in Stage 1. So that is very important for the players that will be participating next week. Each match is to be played using the default rule set, a time match of two and a half minutes, which items will be set to a medium spawn rate. Stages will be selected at random, but every character is available, and the character's counter picks work the same as a regular set. To compensate for the shorter games, though, each set in this match will be a best out of seven rather than a best out of five. So again, players, you need to be understanding of those who will compete. This is now a best out of seven rather than a best out of five this week. Also, if this match goes to a sudden depth, the players will have to play it out rather than the win going to whoever has the low percent at the end of the game, which is, means this is a free-for-all, winner-take-all this match for this week. And you can catch all that action this Sunday. And, of course, it's always at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, of course, it's always going to be at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and you can check all of that out at Thunder Gaming's Twitch channel, and that is twitch.tv slash 
Thunder game in LA. And if you need to see where the brackets are, if you want to learn the rule sets and the format of this, so one day you might want to compete in here or you just want to know exactly what's going on when you're checking in, you can go check out all of this information at smash.gg slash tournament slash smash bowl dash mmxxi slash details. Don't worry, it'll be at the bottom or after this. So that way you don't have to remember all of that. But just be sure to check out the Smash Bowl tournament because a winner will be decided and they are going to take home all the bragging rights and prizes, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely, man. I'm excited to continue to see everyone go at it in battle and all these new characters, man. And listen, speaking of the legendary characters, though, uh, have you guys heard the news regarding Spider-Man? Man, listen, I don't know if we can cuss on this podcast, but I almost did. Yes, I've heard the news. And I don't want to take this away from you, Cleo. So I'm going to let you go ahead and do it. Have you heard it, Pat? I have. Okay. Okay. I'm let Cleo drop the news. Guys, we are really, 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 really getting a live action Spider-Verse movie. It is happening. Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, all three Spider-Mans who brought him to life in live action movies will be in one film. But not just the Spider-Man, they're villains. We have the actor who played Doc Ock from the original Spider-Man trilogy reprising his role. Then we got Jamie Foxx reprising his role as Electro from the Andrew Garfield series. I don't know who we're getting from the Tom Holland realm of uh, Spider-Man villains. If I had to guess, if I had to give a clean just one shot, I want Kraven the Hunter. That's who I want to see. But nonetheless, I'm excited about this. What do you guys think? No, not Kraven. No? <laughs> they might... They might do Craven because he's the 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 cheapest to make. I mean, it's a it's a oh. Latin looking dude in a in a in a lion jacket. You don't got to do too much. Um, <laughs> I like Craven's episodes, but in the Spider Man has some of the best villains out of all of them. He he was trash, but I was a really big fan of the Scorpion. Um, I loved uh, the Mysterio reprise was good. I think Chameleon would be dope. Chameleon with the belt, he always had dope episodes, and I think that they could do a super sick live action one. Um, but he would have to be espionage for somebody who's like more powerful for sure. Um, I would be, he said, What? As I said, that'd be a great way to introduce uh, Kingpin because we haven't really, like, here's the thing, too, that I started thinking about with all of this one, we've not been introduced to New York yet in this Spider Man edition, so we don't know how Spider-Man's New York actually runs. We've mm. seen him in his high school. We've seen him with Mysterio overseas. We've yet to see Spider-Man duke it out in New York. So we have no idea what that realm is like. Plus, this is in the MCU as well. So not only do you have to think about that, but what's to come? You have Morbius coming out, but also has Vulture in Morbius. So Man. I have no doubt we're going to see him again. Hobgoblin. I know we yeah, already saw the Green Goblin. Give me Hobgoblin or the Green Goblin again. I don't care. Give me a new age Green Goblin. Those are dope enough to come back. Or Venom. Skip to Venom. Give I me the symbol. What? No, no, wait, wait. My, my fault, my fault. You just, you, when you say I would that, say I, I would say either give me the symbiote uh, series where he gets the black suit. And then uh, maybe that can lead to vent that venom. Start that, or um, do the one where I forget what they called it, but the one where um, 
they broke out all the the villains at once and and fought and so they could all fight Spider-Man. Yes, Sinister Six. Give me that. Give me the yeah. Sinister Six because a lot of them aren't strong enough to. I wouldn't want to see a whole movie about him fighting Rhino because, like you know, that's that's like that's usually like the first second level in a Spider-Man video game. But him with everybody would be lit. So that <laughs> you just cracked it. You just you literally said what I was just about to say. That's how you do like, it. I, we just cracked it though. That's it. His enemies are the Sinister Six from every version of this movie. You have mm. Doc Ock from Toby. You have Electro from Tom from uh, Andrew Garfield. You only and you already mm -hmm. have Vulture. You only need to fill out the rest. And they have already talked about Venom may be in Spider Man Three. So I think. Well, you know, he, you know who he could get help from the Fantastic Four. Give me that. They used to collab oh, all the time, like rappers in Atlanta. It was Spider-Man, Fantastic Four. Um, I would even take an old school approach, like him um, having uh, Iceman and the fire. Who's the, um, his old school fire, uh, the fire girl? Oh, the fire uh, starter girl. The Spider-Man Amazing Friends TV series. Yeah. Uh, I would take that too. I don't, know how that, I don't know how that would work with the timeline. I'm just spitballing. But I'm just saying, like the all the people that was in the studio with with Spider Man all throughout the years, X Men. That, that actually could work though, because they could just be in his high school. Because if it is Spider Man, his amazing friends, it could, that could still work because they could just be roommates. So I just now realized how the end of uh, Far From Home ended. We hear J. Jonah Jameson, who returned. Uh, my man J.K. Simmons returned just to bring him back to life. That's that's my that's my J.J. Frag. I love it. He says, he does say, you know, Peter Parker is Spider-Man, right? But then now we're getting the other two. So this, I'm just now realizing that those two coming into the, the film and the story, that leads the public to now wonder, wait, who is really Spider-Man? Because Peter Parker could just go on Instagram like, it's not me. Look, I'm at home. This guy's web swinging. It's him. That immediately goes to that guy, right? Unless we get a Spider-Man collab with the Men in Black. The Men in Black pull up on Spider-Man and we get some type of machine that makes everybody forget. And then we just Tony. reset the whole universe. We'll see. I mean, he's fighting don't tell me that's not ridiculous. <laughs> I know, but not a word about though, Pat. Then all of a sudden, now this huge ass portal opens out in the middle of the ocean. Now the kaiju are attacking, are attacking, and the only one to stop them is Blade. That's it. Mahershala <laughs> comes in and shuts down the kaiju, and then all of a sudden, at the end, just Daredevil and Deadpool are in a, a, a spot eating churros. Talking about politics, and then it's just credits. I don't want to be Sadly. this guy. Sadly, within all this cool stuff happening in the in the Spider-Man universe, Miles Morales is just mm. somewhere tucked off to the side. We got an animated rough draft of the universe, the multi-universe. And I just, I literally just started playing and they just gave me the alert. Do you want, make sure that you have all your upgrades because you're entering the final level in the Miles Morales game. And I'm like, yo, this was two hours long. All three of those Spider-Mans just got together, 
six butt cheeks and just farted right on Miles Morales' face. This is like the only time, this is like the only time I've ever been kind of upset with the Spider-Man franchise. And I'm just like, yo, you guys are doing Miles dirt right now. I mean, but they, but I, they mentioned him, Pat. Pat, here's the thing you got to remember, too. Tom, like, this Spider-Man is 17. So that means Miles is a kid kid. Remember, we baby. saw his uncle. Yeah, we saw his uncle. Like, we saw Childish Gambino when he shot. Like, that's actually Prowler. So that's, that's uh, Miles Morales' uncle. But remember, yep. he's our age. So right now, Miles is still a kid. Oh, you didn't see the deleted oh. scene, did you, Pat? Of uh, Donald uh, and Spider-Man yeah. and him. him. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Okay, so you remember when he was on the phone, he said, Miles, I'm going to be late. Yeah, but I thought Miles started training when he was around, like when he was a little kid. No. Like, was it Miles? Miles, like in the first year of high school, similar to Peter, similar to the Peter we know as this Tom Holland. There is this thing behind the scenes that people... People feel like they gave Miles Morales a story to the Tom Holland movie series. They're like, yo, he's in high school. Like, we're seeing it. Like, it's just the same. I don't agree. I do think we will get a live action Miles Morales, but I do not think it's going to be with this film. I do not think so. And I, I just got it. It's the history and the lineage of it, bro. Like, it has to build to that. You, we get it. Miles Morales is a, I don't know if a brand new character, but he, compared to the rest of the history, he's new. Yeah. If they okay. Stuff, so, uh, well, I was just gonna say, what that? Why they give him a short game? Then they could have gave him a. They could have gave him a big game. What's going I'm on? The same game as you, Pat. We needed a whole game for this. I don't know why they gave yeah. us this damn DLC pack. I get the movie stuff, but why I get a three and a half hour game? Okay. Well, I'm just. I'm just. I just wanted to throw my complaint in the in the ring. I know we got other stuff to do. <laughs> But yeah, but it's but it's all good. So yeah, we'll 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 look to see. But it looks like that's what they're they're setting up for for us is just as far as general and go. And then just uh one last thing I wanted to throw out very randomly before we move into this interview. Um, any of y'all fan of KFC chicken? Yep, I saw this. I'm not a fan well, of KFC chicken. I'm a fan of the the thing. <laughs> If you have had a KFC chicken, then y'all should get ready because Lifetime is making a movie and it is starring Colonel Sanders as the starring role. Not only, though, is Colonel Sanders starring in a Lifetime film. Saved by the Bell's Mario Lopez is playing Colonel Sanders in this Lifetime movie. What is he doing? All I got to say is this. Whatever department is smoking weed and making these ideas, I want to work there ASAP. <laughs> ASAP. This this was a door opened by Wendy a couple years ago. It, this this started on Twitter, and now fast food people are are just as much as trolls as social media uh, influencers. This is a troll, and it's 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 working. There's no way this is serious. It's probably going to be a little bit funny. I'm pulling up with KFC and I'm 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 watching this. Right, same here. Same. I'm still shocked it's happening, man. You know, my I mean, my man Mario Lopez doing his thing, bro. He's a great host. He has a, a national nationally syndicated radio show. They just rebooted Saved by the Bell. My man, good. He's well off. He's the Latin Ryan Seacrest on the low. Folks don't know, but for him to take this role 
as being Colonel Sanders and a lifetime spoof of a parody. This is ridiculous. This is too much, guys. There's someone greenlit this script, guys. Must have been a bag, a bag with 12 herbs and spices. I'm pretty sure that this, he, he doesn't look anything like Colonel Sanders. And I remember we talked about it when the, they first switched their campaign to like this silver fox, you know, super hot old Colonel Sanders. And I was just like, what, what is the demo here? It all led up to this. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know how this is going to sell chicken, but I'm watching. Looks funny. I mean, just did. You said you were buying a bucket to watch this. Yeah. No one buys yeah. a bucket of KFC no more. Yeah, but that couldn't have been the the point of making a movie to get everybody to buy a bucket. That's a that's a huge no, leap. No, that's no, 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 no. <laughs> a like, weird balance budget. KFC clearly is just like we're not doing anything. The previous crossover that KFC even did before this was they they invested or they had a whole marketing thing going on in the WWE where they actually put wrestlers dressed up as Colonel Sanders to wrestle a chicken in the ring. Like that was happening on WWE television. So that made sense. Ha, ah, it's funny. This is this is too far, guys. A full production for this. Think about it though. Cleo, because remember before that, at one point before that started, they were rotating out Colonel Sanders. So they were having different versions of him for commercials. So, and then too, just like how Pat said, with everything that's happening on social media, like right now, hands down, when Wendy's Twitter is the most undefeated fast food like social account out there. But it's like, mm. what do you do next? They have that lockdown. So, what do I do next? Screw it. Lifetime is like, hey, we got like $10 million. Y'all want to make a movie? Yes. And get Mario Lopez. So we're going to have the Rick know. and Morty Carlverse? Like, what is this? Like, we're going to have all these different <laughs> KFC kernels? This is ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to watch this. I just realized who has Lifetime. I, don't, I haven't had cable in a long time. That's how are we going to even watch it? I'm out the yeah, window KFC. with that one. They about to take this L. <laughs> but with that being said, it is about time for us to go ahead and move into our interview of just hint, hint, because I'm from this home state of where he's from. I'm quite excited and I'm just going to leave it at that. So let's go ahead and flip this coin. Ladies and gentlemen, we have an incredible legendary guest today here on Coin Toss. That's what we bring to you guys, uh, represent Houston, Texas. He played on the Chicago Bears for, for 10 plus years. He, he coached, he was the linebackers coach of the Baltimore Ravens. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Mike Singletary. How are you today, sir? I'm doing very well. How about you guys? Very well, very well. No, very well, very well. It's an honor to talk to you uh, as a linebacker. Growing up, my dad, uh, you know, I played wide receiver, and he was like, you never want to run into a Mike Singletary out there, so make sure you keep your head on a pivot. So it's really, it's really great to talk to you because I would not have never wanted to take a hit from you, sir. Um, <laughs> you know, here at Cold Cross, this is a big gaming um, uh, video game podcast where we talk about not only everything that's going on in the esports world but also everything that's on the field as well so it's great to talk to a legend i gotta ask you though 
video games are they your forte are they something you into and if so who is the biggest v uh video game player in your immediate family <laughs> uh both my sons i have uh, an, an older son uh matt and uh, my youngest son is john um matt's 32 john's 22 and uh they playing uh the games and of course I I do not play the games uh, very much. You know, every every now and then uh, they'll they'll talk me into playing a game and kick the the crap out of me. But uh, probably why I don't play a lot. But uh, but anyway, I do enjoy it. Uh, when I play it, I really do enjoy it. Do you uh, do you know what kind of games they're into? Like when you do get a chance to play with them or even watch them play. Uh, just basically, uh, when I'm watching them, it's, it's it's the football. If it's not football, okay. then I'm 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 not going to be in it. <laughs> so you're not into like, computers or any of that. Uh, you're, I'm, you're I'm not in all the other stuff. I'm, I'm into the football. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I would only assume is when when you are playing uh, with them these football games. Do you have team loyalty, or do you kind of like sneak around and you know <laughs> play with other teams? No, I'm, I'm. I'll play with. I'll play with other teams. I mean, with whatever they're playing, you know, I'll. I'll do it. So, as long as it's not for real. If it's not for real, I, I don't have any loyalty. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not real right. live team, no, I don't have any. I don't have any loyalty there. Nice. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so, but well, besides in the, uh, but so you say you do play. Uh, uh, if it's not football, it's not anything else. So, just from seeing from like playing the game on there, playing the uh, video games that you see your sons play, do you see any correlation between that and uh, from actual football? And so, especially like for you as like athletes and stuff. I, I think um, the correlation that that I see is. Um, I, I can definitely see how it can really help someone understand the game better. Um, okay. I, I think that it can can give you a good idea of what would work, what won't work uh, on video. And, and of course, the, the only missing link is the actual um, getting hit, you know, the physical aspect of it. Um, you know, like uh, my man said early on, you don't want to go across the middle. Well, on a video game, you may you may go across the middle all the time. Hey, that works. Let's let's make that work. But uh, if you have an actual receiver in the game go across the middle and he get caught, then it's going to be like uh, I don't think I want to do that anymore. So, and I I really think that's the difference. Okay, yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm I'm okay with you removing the hit. Um, <laughs> that's, that's my favorite part about it. <laughs> the removing the hit. That part is I like it when you, when, when you hear bang, bow, boom. Yeah, I like that part. You're like, <laughs> now we're doing something. Oh, I have a I have a question. I mean, you know, you're you're used to the you're used to the real thing. You're used to you know being out there and actually hitting people and getting hit. How did you hone your skills as an NFL player? Um, I, I think for me, um, I really, I found a great trainer that uh, really helped me to prepare myself in the off season 
and uh, really build myself up so that I could withstand the punishment and endure that, uh, whether I was receiving it or, or dishing it out. Um, and then making sure that I really knew what I was doing and uh, on the mental side of it. And once I was prepared in the season, coming into it during the regular season and preparing mentally, then it was finding a, a teammate uh, I could I could uh, go against every whether it was a, an offensive lineman, where I could could practice getting off blocks. Whether it was a running back, where I could practice uh, routes coming out of the backfield, or whether it was a wide receiver going out uh, in in various times that I would have to cover a wide receiver, and I would always take the very best of what we had to work against them, so I could really hone my skills and technique so that I would be ready and prepared on game day, fully ready to go. Absolutely. Sir, as a, as a Super Bowl champion, a 10-time pro polar, you talk about being mentally prepared going into these games. After going through an entire season, you've made it to the championship game. It is the Super Bowl. How do you decompress? How do you walk in there with no jitters, no nervousness, no butterflies? What could you do when all the stakes are that high? I think for me, um, when we had the year we had the Super Bowl, um, it was in New Orleans. And um, the day I got there, I locked myself in my room. And uh, there was a huge uh, portrait on the wall and I turned the portrait backwards so that I could use that for a screen. And I never came out of my room except for practice. Other than that, mm -hmm. I was watching the film and just rewinding the game over and over in my mind so that on game day, I'd already played the game several times. Mm -hmm. And uh, now it was just time to execute what I've seen mentally that day. Absolutely. Okay, so I, just, I, I, I do have to know, though, for myself, just also being a, a Texas boy, just how far does the football career track back? Like, when was it like, yo, I'm taking the pad, I'm putting the pads on and I'm taking it seriously now? Like, for when, when was it when you just decided that? Well, uh, that, that's a bit of a different story because, uh, first of all, I'm the last of 10 kids. And in my family, it was against our religion to play sports. Uh, my, my, my dad was a Pentecostal pastor. Oh, okay. So um, none of my brothers could play sports. I'm the smallest in my family entirely. Um, and so uh, my mom and dad divorced when I was 12. And um, I begged my mom to let me play, and she, she let me play. And from the day I put on pads, um, it, it was something that I knew. I, I, I felt it so strongly. I knew it. I, I wrote out my vision statement and I put it on the wall. This is something I'm going to do. I'm going to get a scholarship. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to be an All-American. I'm going to get drafted and go to the NFL. I'm going to go be an All-Pro. Um, I'm going to build my mom a house. All of those things I wrote out at 12 years old and put on my wall. So that's when I knew. That's a pretty unique story. I mean, I've so you said the Pentecostal church, it was sports yes. against that. Yes. 
the Pentecostal uh, religion believes that anything that, you know, any kind of dancing, you know, games, uh, physical games where you can, somebody can get hurt. Uh, it was just something that they just believed that, you know, God really wasn't, didn't really want you to be a part of that. And um, the thing that I was able to talk to my, my mom about, and, and really the Pentecostal church in, in some places is different now, but at that time it was very, very strict. Um, and I mean, I can understand it to, a, to a, a point. I remember when I was playing for Chicago and um, I, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd heard a couple of guys and I didn't feel good about that. And uh, there was an article that came out that uh, said, you know, Mike Singletary is supposed to be a Christian, but he's knocking out guys. He's hurting guys. You know, how can that be? And I really had to, that off season, I really had to search myself and really pray about it. Do I give up the game and mm -hmm. go to something else? Because I, I don't want to, I don't want to be known as somebody that's hurting people. And I, I really tried to play the game the way it was supposed to be played and play it clean. So um, I had to work through that and came up with the, the thought that, you know, God gave me this ability, gave me this talent. And I know in my heart that when I go out and play, I play for the love of the game and not to hurt anyone and, um, and move on. And that, that's kind of how I stay, made my mind up to stay in the game. Wow. Absolutely. I, you know, to hear you speak about having that internal battle, uh, you know, is really enlightening because, you know, you look at your stats and you're well over 1,400 tackles in, in, in your NFL career. As a linebacker playing in the NFL, was there any other uh, position that you played uh, leading up to your actual NFL career? You know, whether it was when you were in Pop Warner, high school, college, or was it always linebacker? It was always middle linebacker, always. From the first day I put on the path to moving forward, they asked me to play uh, running back. I couldn't play running back. I, I, in my mind, once I started playing middle linebacker and I studied middle linebackers, what they do, um, I, I hated anybody with the ball. So I, I couldn't take the ball and all of a sudden start running the ball. I didn't want anything to do with the ball. Anybody that had the ball, I'm going to hit you. So um, <laughs> I had to work through that. Uh, I really did through that. That's one of the funnest parts, though. His linebackers, we have the most. Of it. It's just like, oh, oh we done, and I great. see you. It's a wrap. Oh, I'm coming for you <laughs> all day. Yes, sir. So I have a quick question: Are you in? Are, yeah. are you, you go? Do you go to Houston a lot? Like, are you in Houston a lot? I, I go, I get there maybe twice a year. Okay. Okay. So I have a question because I literally, I just got back from Houston uh, on Sunday and I had reservations to the Turkey Leg Hut and I was with so many slow, obnoxious people. <laughs> we got to the we got to our five o'clock reservation at 6.30 p.m. and ended up eating Chick-fil-A in the parking lot. So I wow. need to know from a I need to know from a Hello. Houston native, how much did I miss out on this on this turkey leg? Is this like is this like a is this like a legendary Houston thing? 
or are, is it like something that the locals are like, ah, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. All right. You saved you a lot of heartbreak, Pat. Thank you, Mike. Okay. It's okay. Yeah, you. It's better at the fair, if I'm being honest, on the rodeo. <laughs> so, just for anybody <laughs> from a, from a Houston legend, just for the next time, myself or anybody else is in Houston. What is what what is the local spot like? What's what's the spot to eat at in Houston? Because I I need to know because I'm so heartbroken. <laughs> well, well, there there are a couple. There are a couple. Uh, the number one place that anybody would tell you is Papa Do's. That uh, you you want to go to Papa Do's. Oh, uh, but there's another place that not a lot of people know about, and it's called Frenchie's Po' Boys, and it's right across the street from the uh, University of Houston Stadium. It is the bomb. It is the best chicken anywhere. Mike, hold Friends. on, Mike. Oh, boy. I got to tell you, Mike, they actually shut that one down. That one actually. No. Oh, no. They tore it down. <laughs> no. I, was, I, was at, I was actually in Houston. What do you mean they shut it down? They shut it down because they're opening, they're expanding like U of H's stuff. So they closed that one, but they moved it somewhere else. That's but yeah, like the original one. Well, I got to find it. There's still more locations that you can wow. get. I think there's like eight now that I know of, like around Houston. So they're expanding. So you can still go. But like, okay, that well, I'm going to have to find it. Yeah. A serious food now. That's good stuff. Now, what's, what was the mic order when you when you went there, though? I just got to know. Because you said it was the best chicken. Well, I'm, yeah. I mean, I, I get. Uh, any any piece of chicken you get there is great, but they have all of the other sides as well, whether it's beans, green uh, yams, and cornbread. I mean, it's the whole nine yards. And okay. I'm gonna tell you something I now. I, I only eat five food once or twice a year, and it's there. Good for you. All right, that's pretty. That's good. That's <laughs> yes. Yeah. That is good. Once or twice a year only. Once or twice a year. That's the only time I eat fried food. And it's there. I got to get with the program, Mr. Singletary. I got to get with this. I got to figure out what it's going to be. Um, to, to jump back to football, just just really, really quick. As a legendary middle linebacker, I have to ask you, who are some other great linebackers that you uh, you know you saw come up after you that you you know had the drive and the will to be legends in that in that position? And also any current players that you are really excited for to see them uh, take take on that that challenge of being a legendary middle linebacker. Well, uh, you know the first guy that comes to mind is Ray Ray Lewis. Uh, being able to meet him, uh, coach him. Uh, mentor him uh, was a blessing. And then mm -hmm. I, I go from Baltimore and go to San Francisco and it's Patrick Willis. Um, being able to know him, coach him, mentor him was a, a tremendous uh, really quality people, first of all, and uh, really played the game the way it was supposed to be played. Um, you know, outside of that one, unfortunately, when I look at the game today, um, I think a middle linebacker takes on, it's, it's a different meaning than uh, it used to be. Uh, you have to be concerned about how you hit guys, you know, uh, making sure that, and, and part of that is really good, 
because you have to keep your face up. And not a lot of people are teaching that, but way that's one of the first things I teach when I'm coaching players is if you play any kind of defensive, uh, uh, and if you're going to be hitting somebody, you have to put your face up. You have to see what you're hitting, and most guys don't. And some of these uh, penalties in the NFL, I think they could simplify the penalties if they would just basically say, if the young man face, he should not get penalized. He should not mm. be, because it's not hurting him. And nine times out of 10, he's not hurting the person he's hitting because he's not hitting it with the crown. Um, if his head is not down, then I don't care how, how hard it is, uh, as long as his head is not down and he sees what he's hitting, it should be a legal hit. Absolutely. Makes sense to me. Mm, I feel like that's a agreed. simple assessment that could, yeah. that you think about it, like that, that's, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but like, like you said, most people yeah. ain't teaching it. So when that, when that hut start, they'll do like that and then go forward and it's just like, and then now you just see somebody crying. Yeah. Come right and that's very dangerous. Yeah. And then hitting you right here and stuff, messing up yeah. yourself. And then also, too, they can mess up their spine depending on how fast they're going. Mm. Yeah. You're exactly right. But yeah, so I do have to know. So you said that you do you have played Madden with your son. So one thing that we always we kind of started having a tradition here was that um most video games, especially football, they have stats for each and every single player. So we already know the strength you have when it comes to being this the a legendary middle linebacker. So from a scale of one to a hundred, if 99. next Madden <laughs> drops and they're giving out the uh, Mike Singletary Legends pack, what rating would you give yourself? <clears throat> um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give myself some, uh, some leeway here. I'll say 95. 95. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's top tier. Yeah. Yes, it is. Four, let's yeah. add four yeah, points from Texas. Let's add four points for that. And then, uh, <laughs> let's add half a point. That works. Yeah, that's how, that's how it works. That's what I think. All right. According, according to Google, man, you know, Mike Singletary is in uh, the Ultimate Legends pack of Madden's. And uh, Madden 17, his overall, 99. Uh, and um, uh, they they tried to they tried to play him going into Madden 18. They dropped it down to a 97. Listen, the man should crazy. stay at a 99 forever. Yeah. <laughs> forever. You literally gave yourself leeway. <laughs> I didn't know you were being literal, but you literally. Yeah, got, that's and and, 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 and I normally do. I normally do. Yeah, that's Five pretty cool. spot on. I think right there. That's really cool, huh? You said it was a 99, Cleo, the uh, first yeah, 99. Looking at it yeah, on Google, and Madden uh, 18, it was, it was a, give me a second. Yeah, in Madden 17, they had him at 99. The next year, they tried to drop him down to a 97. Nah, he should have stayed at the 99. That's pretty impressive. That's insane. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I have a final question. Uh, you know, you've you've been this, this sort of, I feel like ever since you, you put on your these pads, like you said, you know, and you felt that, you know, this is what I want to do, you kind of became this, you know, this 
this football player, you know what I mean? And and at one point you weren't Mike, and then at, at some point you became, you know, Mike. So I just have a question uh, for all the people who need advice for those adapting to life in the spotlight. Do you have any advice for those people who are just now becoming that guy in, in the NFL? Well, um, I think it's extremely important um, that whoever I am, before I put the pads on, I need to be that same person when I take the pads off. Um, and, and I, to me, true greatness is being able to be consistent. If I'm on the field and I'm playing the game, and just like you said, you know, 99%. Well, off the field, I want to make sure that I'm 99% as a father. I want to make sure that I'm 99% as a husband. I want to make sure that I'm 99% as a brother. Um, I want to make sure that I'm 99% as an American, whatever that's supposed to be. But if I can't be consistent, then then uh, to me, th there's a breakdown. And at some point in time in my life, it's gonna catch up with me. I, I want the people that know me the most, respect me the most. And that's the people in my life. And um, if, if, I can, if I can strive for that same 99.9 .9 every day, uh, from the time that I wake up, from the time I take, took off those pads, from the time that I'm continuing to be a dad, a, a grandfather, the whole nine yards, man, I, I, I want to be, I want to aspire to be excellent in everything that I do. And to me, uh, as long as I do that, then I got a chance to, I got a chance to continue to move up in my life and, and never stagnate, always growing, always getting better, always learning, always achieving, always making a difference. If I can do that, I'm getting where I want to be. Yes, sir. I can tell you're a Thank coach. You, right. Just the inflation. <laughs> I can't play football worth a damn. I feel motivated. I'm like, I'm like, all right, for sure. Let's let's I'm get it. Field, don't exist. I'm like, let's get it, coach. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great cadence. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Oh, let's go. <laughs> oh, man. Amazing. Thank you, Brett. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Secretary. We appreciate your time. Thank you for, uh, you know, sharing all these great words with us, sharing the great stories with us, sir. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. God bless you guys, man. Take care. Thank you. Absolutely. Sir, thank you. Amazing interview with one of the top 100 players in NFL history. He's ranked number 56, okay? The Super Bowl that he was in, in which he won, they destroyed the New England Patriots, a score of, I believe, 46 to 10. Like, we ain't heard the Patriots get smacked like that, like, since, but he did it. Mike Singletary did it. He's a Hall of Famer, a Super Bowl champion. I, I Man, a great, great day.
Yeah, so I think that's just great advice to follow for anybody that is in any industry that uh, requires you to be in the spotlight. I think that was a great advice from Mr. Uh, Singletary. But thank y'all, ladies and gentlemen, for checking out another episode of Coin Toss. Make sure you check this out on all streaming platforms. Make sure you check out the audio version. And make sure you're following uh, Thunder Gaming and Thunder Studios, as well as the Arcade Tokens, Cleo Thomas, Patrick Cloud, and myself. And we will catch you next time.